0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Wherever and whenever in the realms of time and space my voice finds you. Welcome. My name is Aaron James. You're listening to Kids Myth Plus, episode 23. Each week at Kids Myth Plus, we bring you stories from the deep worlds of mythology folklore, fairy tales, fables, and more. This week, we return to Asgard and the world of Norse mythology. Our story finds Frey, ruler of peace and fertility, rain and sunshine, and the son of the sea god Njord, longing for his sister Freya. Freya is wandering the worlds in search of her husband, Odor. In her chariot drawn by two white cats. You may remember from Kids Myth Plus, episode 17, Sif's golden hair. Frey possesses two great treasures made by the dwarf Brock. The boar with the golden bristles and the ship Skidbladnir, which is large enough to hold all the gods but which can be folded small enough to fit in one's pocket. You may also remember Frey, who is of the Vanir, the fertility gods and goddesses, came to live in Asgard among the Aesir, the warriors, at the end of the war between the two, as exchanged hostages. They were accepted by the Aesir and live happily among them. Frey will do anything to get a glimpse of his sister Freya and know she is okay. Let's find out to what lengths he will travel, to what heights he will climb, and what bargains he may strike in order to learn of his sister Freya's fate. Enjoy the story. How Frey won Gerda, the giant maiden, and how he lost his magic sword. Frey, the chief of the Vanir, longed to have sight of his sister, who had been far from Asgard for so long. You must know that this happened during the time when Freya was wandering through the world, seeking her husband, the lost Odor. Now there was in Asgard a place from which one could overlook the world and have a glimpse of all who wandered there. That place was Hylskjof, Odin's lofty watchtower. High up into the blue of the air that tower went, Frey came to it and he knew that Odin Allfather was not upon it. Only the two wolves, Gary and Freki, that crouched beside Odin's seat at the banquet were there, and they stood in the way of Frey's entrance to the tower. But Frey spoke to Gary and Freki in the language of the gods, and Odin's wolves had to let him pass. But as he went up the steps within the tower, Frey, chief of the Vanir, knew that he was doing a fateful thing. For none of the high gods, not even Thor, the defender of Asgard, nor Baldur, the best beloved of the gods, had ever climbed to the top of that tower and seated themselves upon the All-Father's seat. "'But if I could see my sister once, I should be contented,' said Frey to himself. "'And no harm can come to me if I look out on the world.' He came to the top of Hlisskjof. He seated himself on Odin's lofty seat. He looked out on the world. He saw Midgard, the world of men, with its houses and towns, its farms and people.' Beyond Midgard he saw Jotunheim, the realm of the giants, terrible with its dark mountains and its masses of snow and ice. He saw Freya as she went upon her wanderings, and he marked that her face was turned toward Asgard, and that her steps were leading toward the city of the gods. I have contented myself by looking on Hykshuf, said Frey to himself, and no harm has come to me. But even as he spoke his gaze was drawn to a dwelling that stood in the middle of the ice and snow of Jotunheim. Long he gazed upon that dwelling without knowing why he looked that way. Then the door of the house was opened and a giant maiden stood within the doorway. Frey gazed and gazed on her. So great was the beauty of her face that it was like starlight in that dark land. She looked from the doorway of the house, and then turned and went within, shutting the door. Frey sat on Odin's high seat for a long while. Then he went down the steps of the tower and passed by the two wolves, Gary and Freki, that looked threateningly upon him. He went through Asgard, but he found no one to please him in the City of the Gods. That night, sleep did not come to him for his thoughts were fixed upon the loveliness of the giant maid he had looked upon. And when morning came, he was filled with loneliness, because he thought himself so far from her. He went to Hylivskjof again, thinking to climb the tower and have sight of her once more. But now the two wolves, Gary and Freki, bared their teeth at him and would not let him pass even though he spoke to them again in the language of the gods. He went and spoke to wise Njord, his father. She whom you have seen, my son, said Njord, is Gerda, the daughter of the giant Gimer. You must give over thinking of her. Your love for her would be an ill thing for you. Why should it be an ill thing for me? Frey asked because you would have to give that which you prize most for the sake of coming to her. That which I prize most, said Frey, that is my magic sword. You will have to give your magic sword, said his father, the wise Njord. I will give it, said Frey, loosening his magic sword from his belt. Bethink thee, my son, said Njord, if you givest thy sword, what weapon wilt you have on the day of Ragnarok? when the giants will make war upon the gods. Frey did not speak, but he thought that the day of Ragnarok was far off. I cannot live without Gerda, he said as he turned away. There was one in Asgard who was known as Skirnir. He was a venturesome being who never cared what he said or did. To no one else but Skirnir could Frey bring himself to tell of the trouble that had befallen him the trouble that was the punishment for his placing himself on the seat of the All-Father. Skirnir laughed when he heard Frey's tale. Thou, a van, in love with a maid of Jotunheim, this is fun indeed. Will you make a marriage of it? Would that I might even speak to her or send a message of love to her, said Frey, but I may not leave my watch over the elves. And if I should take a message to Gerda, said Skirner the venturesome, what would my reward be? My boat, Skidbladnir, or my boar with golden bristle, said Frey. No, no, said Skirner. I want something to go by my side. I want something to use in my hand. Give me thy magic sword you own. Frey thoughts upon what his father had said that he would be left weaponless on the day of Ragnarok, when the giants would make war upon the gods, and when Asgard would be endangered. He thought upon this, and drew back from Skirnir, and for a while he remained in thought, and all the time thick-set Skirnir was laughing at him out of his wide mouth and his blue eyes. Then Frey said to himself, The day of Ragnarok is far off. I cannot live without Gerda. He drew the magic sword from his belt and placed it at Skirnir's hand. I give you my sword, Skirner, he said. Take my message to Gerda, Gimner's daughter. Show her this gold and these precious jewels, and say that I love her and that I long for her love in return. I shall bring the maiden to you, said Skirner, the venturesome. But how wilt thou get to Jotunheim, said Frey, suddenly remembering how dark the giant's land was and how terrible were the approaches to it. Oh, with a good horse and a good sword, one can get anywhere, said Skirner. My horse is a mighty horse and you have given me your sword of magic. Tomorrow I shall make the journey. Skirner rode across Bifrost, the rainbow bridge, laughing out his wide mouth and his blue eyes at Heimdall, the warder of the bridge to Asgard. His mighty horse trod the earth of Midgard and swam the river that divides Midgard, the world of men, from Jotunheim, the realm of the giants. He rode on heedlessly and recklessly, as he did all things. Then, out of the iron forest came the monstrous wolves of Jotunheim to tear and devour him in his mighty horse. It was well for Skirnir that he had in his belt Frey's magic sword. Its edges slew, and its gleam frightened the monstrous beasts. On and on Skirnir rode on his mighty horse. Then he came to a wall of fire. No other horse but his mighty horse could go through it. Skirnir rode through the fire and came to the dale in which was Gimner's dwelling. And now he was before the house that Frey had seen Gerda enter the day when he had climbed Lithskilf, Odin's watchtower. The mighty hounds that guarded Gimmer's dwelling came and bayed round him, but the gleam of the magic sword kept them away. Skirner backed his horse to the door and made his horse's hooves strike against it. Gimer was in the feast hall drinking with his giant friends and he didn't hear the baying of the hounds nor the clatter that Skirner made before the door. But Gerda sat spinning with her maidens in the hall. Who comes to Gimer's door, she said, a warrior upon a mighty horse, said one of the maidens. Even though he be an enemy and one who slew my brother, yet shall we open the door to give him a cup of Gimmer's mead, said Gerda. One of the maidens opened the door and Skirnir entered Gimmer's dwelling. He knew Gerda amongst her maidens. He went to her and showed her the rich gold and the precious jewels that he had brought from Frey. These are for you, fairest Gerda, he said. "'If you will give your love to Frey, the chief of the Vanir, "'show your gold and jewels to other maidens,' said Gerda. "'Gold and jewels will never bring me to give my love.' Then Skirnir the Venturesome, the heedless to his words, "'drew the magic sword from his belt and held it above her. "'Give your love to Frey, who has given me this sword,' he said or meet your death by the edge of it. Gerda, Gimmer's daughter, only laughed at the reckless Skirner. Make the daughters of men fearful by the sharpness of Frey's sword, she said, but do not try to frighten a giant's daughter with it then skirner the reckless the heedless of his words made the magic sword flash before her eyes while he cried out in a terrible voice saying a spell over her gerda i will curse thee yes with this magic blade i shall touch thee such is its power that like a thistle withered twill thee leave thee like a thistle the wind strips from the roof Hearing these terrible words and the strange hissings of the magic sword, Gerda threw herself on the ground, crying out for pity. But Skirner stood above her, and the magic sword flashed and hissed over her. Skirner sang, More ugly I'll leave thee than maid ever was. Thou wilt be mocked by men and by giants. A dwarf only will wed thee. Now on this instance with this blade I shall touch thee and leave thee bespelled. She lifted herself on to her knees and cried out to Skirner to spare her from the spell of the magic sword. Only if thou wilt give thy love to Frey, said Skirner. I will give my love to him, said Gerda. Now put up thy magic sword and drink a cup of mead and depart from Gimmer's dwelling at once. "'I will not drink a cup of your mead, "'nor shall I depart from Gimer's dwelling "'until you yourself say that you will meet and speak with Frey.' "'I will meet and speak with him,' said Gerda. "'When will you meet and speak with him?' asked Skirnir. "'In the wood of Bari, nine nights from this. "'Let him come and meet me there.' "'Then Skirnir put up his magic sword "'and drank the cup of mead that Gerda gave him he rode from Gimmer's house, laughing aloud at having won Gerda for Frey, and so making the magic sword his own forever. Skirner the Venturesome, the heedless of his words, riding across Bifrost on his mighty horse, found Frey standing, waiting for him, beside Heimdall, the warder of the bridge to Asgard. What news dost thou bring me? cried Frey. Speak, Skirner, before thou dost dismount from thine horse. "'In nine nights from this thou mayst meet Gerda in Barrywood,' said Skirner. He looked at him laughing out his wide mouth and his blue eyes. But Frey turned away, saying to himself, "'Long is one day. Long, long is two. Can I live through nine long days?' Long, indeed, were these days for Frey, but the ninth day came, and in the evening Frey went to Barry Wood, and there he met Gerda, the giant maid. She was as fair as when he had seen her before at the door of Gimmer’s house, and when she saw Frey so tall and noble-looking, the giant's daughter was glad that Skirner the venturesome had made her promise to come to Barry Wood. They gave each other rings of gold. It was settled that the giant maid would come to Asgard as a bride. Gerda came, but another giant maid came also. This is how that came to be. All the dwellers in Asgard were standing before the great gate, waiting to welcome the bride of Frey. There appeared a giant maid who was not Gerda, all in armor she was. I am Scotty, she said. The daughter of Tyasi, my father met his death at the hands of the dwellers of Asgard. I claim a recompense. What recompense would you have, maiden? asked Odin, smiling to see a giant maid standing so boldly in Asgard. A husband from amongst you, even as Gerda, and I myself, must be let to choose him. All laughed aloud at the words of Skadi. Then said Odin, laughing, we will let you choose a husband from amongst us, but you must choose him by his feet. I will choose him whatever way you will, said Skadi, fixing her eyes on Baldur, the most beautiful of all the dwellers in Asgard. They put a bandage around her eyes and the Asir and the Veneer sat in a half circle around. As she went by, she stooped over each and laid hands upon their feet. At last she came to one whose feet were so finely formed that she felt sure it was Baldur. She stood up and said, this is the one that Scotty chooses for her husband. Then the Aesir and the Veneer laughed more and more they took the bandage off her eyes and she saw not Baldor the Beautiful, but Njord, the father of Frey. But as Scotty looked more and more on Njord, she became more and more contented with her choice, for Njord was strong and he was noble-looking. These two, Njord and Scotty, went first to live in Njord's place by the sea But the coming of the sea-mew would waken Scotty too early in the morning, and she drew her husband to the mountaintop, where she was more at home. He would not live long away from the sound of the sea. So back and forth between the mountain and the sea, Scotty and Njord went. But Gerda... Gerda stayed in Asgard with Frey, her husband, and the Asir and the Vanir came to love greatly Gerda. The Giant Maid. So, the world of the Norse has two new happy couples. A husband chosen by foot. Okay, well, the gods of Asgard do seem to have a sense of humor. I think. Or a sense of cruelty, maybe. The gods of Asgard, it seems respected Scotty for her boldness and courage, but putting a twist on her demand to choose a husband from among the Æsir, was it cruel to make her choose by foot? Maybe, but it seems, although she didn't get exactly what she desired, and the Æsir chuckled at their prank. In the end, Scotty found that Njord was noble, strong, and kind, and she was happy. It's interesting to me that the couple seemed to find a compromise on living arrangements. One loved the sea, one the mountains. So they went back and forth. I'm sure this has happened to you. Your brother wants the playground, and you want the beach. Your wife loves the mountains. You prefer the desert. You have to make a compromise. As for Frey, he made a fateful decision to climb into the seat of the All-Father Odin and look out on the view reserved only for the father of the gods. So was it a punishment that he was so captured by his love and desire for the giant Gerda? He made a bargain with a character who was known for not having the greatest of character himself, Skirner. Do you know what character is? In the first use of the word, it means one of the persons of a drama or story, a character. As for the second definition of character, generally a person said to have good character or to be a person of character will have traits like integrity, honesty, loyalty, courage. Courage in doing what they believe is right. Get a dictionary or go online and look up some of these terms, integrity, honesty, courage. Learn about them. Do you value these traits? Skirner gained the magic sword and used a spell to persuade Gimmer's daughter Gerda to meet with Frey. Again, though she was, you could say, compelled or forced into the deal by magic from Skirner. Gerda found herself happy to be with Frey, and they were married and exchanged rings. So twice we see a situation where things start out maybe as a punishment or cruelty and in the end bring happiness. What do you think? What is the message of this Norse tale? Is there a message at all? Let us know. Until next time, thank you as always for listening, and please do reach out on Instagram or through Apple Podcast comments. Let us know what you think of these stories, and have a suggestion? Get in touch. This has been episode 23 of Kids Myth Plus. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep asking questions and looking for the magic It's all around us.